podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with Reds Bet. Reds Bet part of Fans Bet who invest in lots of fan-related causes and media uh, across the country. Uh, do gamble responsibly uh, and do be gamble aware. Uh, it is the Anfield Wrap after Liverpool went to, Bra- went to Bradford uh, and won by three goals to one. I've got Adam Smith, I've got John Gibbons, I've got Ben Johnson, I've got Paul Hogan, I am Neil Atkinson and thank you very much for listening to this show today and do tell your mates about it as well if you get the opportunity. It's a new season, a new fresh start for absolutely everybody. This appears to include Adam Lallana. Um John, it's it's the manager's now talking about it, uh, and it was an interesting little chat that he gave where he made a joke saying, you know, if Sarri if Sarri watched him play in that Jorginho sort of style, he may well step in there and think, what about this? You do wonder whether or not this is to get him sharp, or whether or not this is this is part of the plan. Yeah, it was it was interesting to see him there because it wasn't like a we had to. You know, there was there, yep. was there was other options on the pitch or in the other team, um, but he but he went for that. I wonder. I think, I think him and he watches a lot of football, doesn't he? And I know that sounds stupid, but you know, there's this thing where every now and again, some an opposition fan clocks that he's watching their warm up, and yeah. he's like, "What's he doing?" He's like, "He does that every week," you know. <laughs> um, and and I think he's he's interested in what other teams are doing, and I think especially. Guardiola and I think Klopp and Guardiola are watching each other a lot, are learning each other from a lot. I've obviously got a lot of respect for each other, and I think he's obviously got his eye on how do we turn sort of ninety-seven into hundred and something points. And I think he's probably had a look at these some of these Man City teams that Guardiola's put out last year, and we've all thought bloody hell he's doing the tackle in there, and then it transpires it's no one because they don't need to because yeah. he got the ball. <laughs> and and I think he's so I don't you know I'll be I'll be shocked if we're walking up to Old Trafford with Alan Alana playing him as a six. I don't think that's in anyone's suggestion, but I think it is. I mean, to be fair, it's the games that we've that we've you know been doing well in anyway. It, it must be said our record against the, against the the, uh, the thirteen, if you like, or fourteen, or whatever you want. Everyone outside the top six essentially was very good last season, but you know that's not to say it'll necessarily happen again next year, and that's not to say that necessarily there won't be moments where it's a bit tricky where he wants to try something else, and that might be Lalana in that deeper role. I think when he's talking about how good he is on the ten, I thought that that made a little bit of sense. You know, you're talking about someone who. Who is going to be playing with the back to goal quite a bit more than than the more attacking positions, just because you know you're receiving it more from centre half. So you're looking to turn, you know, if someone's pressuring, who who can deal with that? And I think on the ball, Lalana makes a reasonable amount of sense in that role. I think off it, he obviously doesn't, but as I say, and you know, I'll, I'll you know, I, I, you're picking your games, uh, Paul. The there is a thing whether or not he wants them all to be multifunctional with the possible exception of Fabinho you get the impression when he plays will play literally there but you do wonder whether or not he wants you know it's part of his his conversation to Lalana is almost I need you to be able to do this because I might need to do this during the game I might need you to come off the bench and do this you know I I, I do wonder whether or not that is part of this uh, yeah I definitely think I think that is part of it um I think the idea of Lalana being around the place and Lalana being an option I don't think he's the option he was in the front three uh, anymore so Playing him deeper, I think, makes him useful. Makes him makes him a tool in that squad. Um, I think the nature of Lallana is he always puts a shift in. The nature of his pressing and things like that. As a as an, another player alongside Fabinho, I think that again might be something he's interested in. Um, and it negates the fact that he hasn't got the pace, which, which to be fair, he's never had. So yeah, it's it's one where. 
Adam, again, we think all the time as though he's only going to play 4-3-3, he's only going to play 4-3-3, and that's because at the end of the season he only played 4-3-3. At the start of the season he played different shapes, and there was a bit of a diamond as well, even come the end of the season. You know, there is still a single or double pivot question, to use the parlance of our times, in terms of how whether or not if he does go to 4-2-3-1, he might want someone else to be an option to play next to Fabinho in there as well. It might not be as straightforward as, well, it'll be Henderson or it'll be Keiter, it may or, or Genie, he may well be thinking, listen, I just need all of you to be able to do a bit of everything for me. Yeah, which makes complete sense. And I think I, I, I'm, in terms of our transfer moves this summer, my, my big concern is the reliability of certain players and maybe the manager's trying to negate that by saying, well, if we've got a load of lads who can all play a load of different things, then I can go with who's fit. Reliability, so Lalana, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Yeah, exactly. Who else? Kate, just well, Kater is obviously yeah, fair, not, yeah, you know, he's not, he's not last year. And look, it's one of those, even even somebody like Gomez, you know, you mentioned Gomez's fitness record and someone will say, oh, it's a different type of injury. That Yeah, it is, yeah, but he was still out. So it doesn't matter whether it's a different type or what. He still, he still has missed a lot of Liverpool games. So maybe the manager's looking at it and thinking, Thinking if I've got uh, if I've got seven lads who can all play the three roles that I want to be able to play, then it doesn't really matter which ones are fit at any given moment. They can all play in the, in the way that I want to play them. And in terms of Lalana, he can look as good as you want in a, in a six, but if he's not fit, it's irrelevant. So you know that that's my concern of of spending a summer looking at how he plays, and then all of a sudden he's out for eight months. There's the question for me, Ben, is also around whether or not he thinks it might just be useful for his sharpness. He kept using the word sharpness in that little chat. He was, you know, this idea that he'll be on the ball here, he'll have to do stuff, he'll be active, and almost, you know, you wonder at times, it happens, it happens at all levels of football, you know, whether or not the the manager's got the idea of, well, if I pick him there, he'll get to be consistently involved, and therefore the preseason might be of more use to him. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, and there's probably something in that. I think, I think what John said before about looking at what City did like they played uh, Gunzahan in that role of Fabi when they're playing against sides who offer nothing going forward and they just all rotate it you know the next minute De Bruyne's in there the next minute Silva's in there and as you said before when, when you watched it yesterday Milner's popping up next to him and I think they, I think the rationale possibly behind it is um, you're at home against or maybe away against people who don't who aren't going to try and break. You know they're going to sit, they're going to dog, and then they're going to try and get up the pitch and have a and have a corner. You know you get that a lot, and there's no need to have someone being able to recover. You don't need to have Fabinho being able to recover fifty yards to win a ball if you don't need to because you've got Virgil stuck behind you who's done nothing all game. Do you know what I mean? It's a point of having let's have an, let's have as many attacking midfielders as we can in in centre mid and see where we get on. Is there something there, Ben, about about? There's, there is something a little bit odd going on at six in a sense in that when Alden's played there Henderson's played a lot there but it looks like they were going to want to use him elsewhere um, obviously Fabinho you get the impression is going to be the specialist there but there is vacancy is the wrong way to phrase it a little bit but there is a bit of a, a thing where he may well want to have these other footballers be in these other roles for instance I don't think we'll see Henderson move back particularly often this season. I think he will want, I think he'll have liked that and he'll want to continue with the idea that Henderson is able to force the play from that high, from that position sort of on the edge of the final third. I think I think the one thing he says, Klopp, when he, when he so after when Alden plays against, played that role against Everton, I think, um, yeah. and what he said on, it, it's a risk-reward, the role he's got, you've got to be able to take someone out the game. In certain games, so I think the I think the limitation possibly of Henderson in that role is if he gets it, he doesn't often turn. He plays 
if he's got a bit of pressure on, he plays the way he's facing. So if he gets the ball into feet, he'll play back, and then he'll 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 rotate the ball around, and then he'll try and play a forward pass. Yeah. And I think what what Wijnaldum was doing time and again in that game against Everton was he was getting the ball in, sucking someone in, and then rolling them. And then he's beat a man year away. And I think that's maybe what he's looking at Lalana because Lalana's got that little half turn. He can open up that five yard space if someone does press him. And we're not that bothered if he loses it because, again, you've got to get past Virgil. And if you're going to get past Virgil, all the best. Do you know what I mean? If there's only one or two of you pressing, I think, it, I think it's around that's a risk. And we're, and we're happy to take that risk against certain sides. You, there's no way you see him against Tottenham or whoever. Do you know what I mean? It's just not happening. I think the other interesting thing with the squad, and we're talking about having the numbers in the midfield, but actually the nature of the way the squad went last year was we needed to use some of them numbers at centre-half, we needed to use some of them numbers, and I know we've got the left-back position on the on the um, script, or, but it might be that he might need to use some of them midfielders in them positions as well, so we're going to need more options in midfield. On that, uh, next one to move on to, John Curtis-Jones uh, was, I thought impressive to be honest with you and almost it's a strange way to phrase it almost too impressive I mean to me you've got to be careful because it's only the opposition he's playing against but to me he looks looked Premier League quality and but to be Premier League quality he's going to need to get games in the Premier League and it's it's difficult to see his pathway through to that at the minute and it does look to be one of them really whereas Brewster does look looks and is talked about as though he is going to be absolutely stellar it's almost easier in a sense isn't it to blood someone who's going to be absolutely stellar than someone who looks like he's actually just really really handy just sort of know what I mean yeah yeah Curtis is in a bit of a difficult position really and that he he impressed last summer as well and and caught a few eyes and He'd gone on the back of a good season working with Gerard, where you know he'd been good for the under 18s and then in the under 19s Champions League he'd, he'd, he'd lit up the tournament really. And then he was, it didn't really happen for him for the 23s last year. And the 23s is a funny team, and you know it's a bit of a mishmash of who you're going to get. And he, it, you know, a couple of times he played at Anfield and he was he was he was poor really in a game where you really wanted him to sort of to to light light it up and he looked it always looked like he was trying to do too much. He was maybe felt the pressure, I need to be the star of this team if I'm gonna get anywhere near the first team where he's sort of not that sort of player really. Like he's skillful and he and he does catch the eye, but you know, he doesn't run games and so Do you think he's the sort of player who needs to play with better players? I do, yeah, that is what I'm getting at. And so I almost that's why I think he's in a in a bit of a tricky position, and I don't see the point of throwing him to Tranmere, for example. And he's watching the ball go over his head. I mean, that's being a bit disrespectful to Tranmere because they, 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 you know, but that's what they look because just because they were trying to do that against Liverpool it doesn't mean yeah. they're, they're trying to do that week after week. But I think, I think he would struggle a bit on loan. And I remember speaking actually to a lower league manager who was saying, "I wouldn't take him, you know, because he, I'm not sure what I'm doing with him." And that was that was a, yeah. a sort of a, a successful lower league manager really and so I think they're in a bit of a funny situation with him where he might end up a bit Adam Morgan and that's that's me worry with him in that you know he's, he's one where, you, where he, he looks bright and looks close and you like him and you like his energy and his and he and he looks good with good players but I don't know he's in a, he's in a bit of a difficult he, position he wasn't helped to come back to you on it John before we go any further he wasn't helped last season by Wolves away I think I think the idea of Wolves away it's almost the worst possible yeah. because they're, they're good they're big they're strong they're all the hits if you know what I mean yeah. and then suddenly you're Adam you're, sorry you're Curtis Jones in there and Liverpool aren't in the game for you to be able to showcase what it is you're good at which is to bring people more into the game yeah and I thought he did alright against Wolves actually but, but we didn't play particularly well either and I think he needs a lot going on around him at the moment and 
you know you might say you're indulging him a bit there but but he is a young player and I think I think he has got a lot of skill and I think he has got things to offer I think he likes movements I think he can he can link up with he doesn't look out of place does he like what often happens you know when you see someone who looks really good for the 23 years and they step up you're like oh you get a bit frustrated with them that used to happen to me with Vosta Vosta was the opposite he used to run games for the 23 years and then you put him in with the first team and he like behave do you know what I mean he looks like he looks like a ball boy and um, but he was he was the he was the kind of the opposite really he used to, he used to bully kids Ross had said it then you throw him in with the adults and you know it's not really happening with him Kurt, Kurt's sort of the opposite and, and I really hope he, he does do well because I, I do like him but I, it's just it's it's a pathway thing but but maybe you know you, you don't know he's, he's got the rest of the summer to impress I think he'll go to America I think he'll he'll keep getting involved and I think you know, he, he, the fact that he can play a number of positions helps him, and then you know maybe we'll get a better league cup run than, than Chelsea at home. Um, the, the, the rest of someone to impress, Adam. There's you mentioned before. You know, you've you actually specified three names: Kaiser, Oxley, Chamberlain, Lallana. Footballers who you know there is there have been injury question marks around. You can to an extent maybe throw Henderson in there as well. Uh, gets 29 starts last season, Henderson. Um, Interestingly, uh, when Adam gets the 43, uh, the rest of the midfields, no one gets more than 31 starts, which is Milner. Uh, but there is the possibility, at least, of him being able to to push through there. It is just really difficult to, to have that pathway conversation for him. It, I think it it is and it isn't, because I, I think when you're looking at the, the younger players, you, you can... You can talk. You know, we're going to come on to talk about about Brewster, and you can say, well, you know, yeah, he, he he's got a stellar reputation. He's he's probably the most talked about player since Sterling. Who was the most talked about player since Owen, and that's all great. But he's never played a Premier League game, so it's brilliant that he's got this reputation. Hopefully, he looks amazing when we play him, but he might not because he's never played a Premier League game. And the same can be, you know, the same can be true of basically all of the younger players that that actually, you know, maybe Curtis Jones does look better when there are better players around him. But we won't know that until we see it. And then at that point, you know, pre-season isn't, isn't really useful for that. So it, it's difficult to know any which way, isn't it? He gets, Paul, the benefit of, as Adam's just sort of phrased there, the, if and when he gets the shirt, the benefit he has is that the manager is does seem pretty committed to run the meritocracy, that if he can find a way to get one Premier League appearance... And then be the footballer he is, which is the footballer who brings the best out of out of the players around him. Then he could find a way to hold on to it. It's for me. It's almost like how you'd imagine him getting maybe the first game, the second game, the third game. I think if he was to get to ten, for instance, I think he'd have a pretty clear pathway to thirty. But it's getting to ten, isn't it? Definitely. I think I think he's looked the part at when he's been given the opportunity. But it's it's about as you say, getting that opportunity. I'm hoping that Klopp maybe uses his substitute options slightly differently with the likes of Bruce there, the left-backs next season. Although it's difficult to, to say that because, you know, the amount of substitute options he used that, that sort of won us games last year was unreal. Um, but I'd I like was, to I was Divock. <laughs> exactly. But I'd like to see him do that and that's where you can sort of see him starting to, to get in there. Um, I think the nature of the squad being better means that when we play in the Cups, we're not using all the kids. I think that helps where, where he's playing with, lad, you know, better lads. Um, so I... I I think there's still hope for the lads, but I think the nature of the position he plays makes it difficult for him. You know, as good as we're saying Brewster is, he's playing in a position that does make it easier getting opportunities. There's also something else, Ben, which is this is your 97-point problem. We can talk a lot about, you know, what we want. We do want to see young young lads be given an opportunity, but you're trying to beat Manchester City. You're not trying to. You're not even trying to come fourth anymore. You're certainly not trying to build a side that can challenge for the top four. 
you're trying to get 100 points and I think that that's going to be a problem for all Liverpool's young players now is that you've got to you've got to look part of the 100 point solution not part of the 76 point solution yeah it's a, it's a, I mean the quality they're up against is is unreal like you look at the it's all well and good looking at a friendly and saying well he looks sharp but then the the thing that your mind does to you is it tricks you so we like I watched the Tramia game the other day and I discounted what Milner did because I, I know what he can do but he fucking ran the game <laughs> no one's asked because it's Milner and it's a bit boring to say Milner was good wasn't he well yeah he's going to be good because he's a Premier League player he's 31 he's won you know but that's what he's up against to get a start so for him to get a game he's got to be better than Milner Keita Lalana, Henderson then is he going to go and play one of them wide positions which he might not overly be suited I think he might have played that Wolves that's where he, he got a bit of time away? at Wolves yeah so you're asking him to do a different completely different skill set playing slightly out of position he's got to be better than Mane or Mane's not going to be there so then he's got to be better than Shakiri. if Shakiri's not there he's got to be better than Rigi you know Rigi's not there he then might get a game and then he's got to do something it's such a hard ask and unless I think the difference with Brewster is the, the, the from what comes out of the club is they we look to be nailed on in our thinking that he's going to be brilliant so he's going to play I mean, you, you'd ask Klopp, Klopp gets a bit of a cob on if, or he did the other day someone asked him to down play his expectations around him he was like, no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you, you down play it, I'm not because he's fucking brilliant. Like, you hear the whispers out of the club there was, a, there was an article in the Times at the back end of last year and, and it, was a, it was, I think it was Joycey and he was talking about uh, Milner and Oxley chamberlain who'd been trained doing this finishing drill with him and they were like, He's unbelievable. His finishing's unbelievable. So the whispers that come out is no, he's he's gonna start he's gonna get his chances because he's that good. I think the problem for the likes of Curtis Jones, Ben Woodburn, who looks a smart player this time two years ago, everyone was raving about him. He looks really smart, he looks dead intelligent, but how do you then get how do you be more reliable reliable than that squad of players in front of you? It's it's dead hard. You've got to have something go your way. I think, and then you've got to grab the shirt. You're looking at like four or five people getting eight before one of these gets a sniff, and I don't know how that stacks up. There's on Brewster, uh, Paul. He looks head and shoulders in a good way. I think. I think he looks head and shoulders in comparison to the other young players. I think that's both the opposition and then the other young players uh, across the course of the 45 minutes he gets against Brighton. I think it's really interesting that that's the, you know, that's your benchmark. He looks in the company of. Milner running the game rather than oh let's see what he can do and it's it's almost an aura it's almost a charisma about him really I, I was unbelievably impressed with him against Bradford when he didn't do that much but then also when he got his chance he, he put it in the back of the net and his work rate as well I've, yeah and, and how he mixes it up as well you know when you're watching him for the under 18s under 23s you look like the player who's looking for the ball in behind you know like what you saw what you see in kids football where the ball goes over the top and everyone chases it type of thing and obviously at a higher level the lad looks like he can play anywhere. The lad, the lad, he's coming off. He's linking up with players. He's, you know, the the, the header um, in, against Tramia was the one that I was impressed with because it was such a goal scorer's goal. It was a you know foul arrest type of thing where he had to change his body movement quite quick to be able to to put that in the net. Um, I just think that the the lad's got more than I realised. The added, you know, when we were talking about him originally, we were talking about him being a fast centre forward, which you see a lot of these kids come through and they've got a bit of pace about them. He seems to be much more than that. I wonder how much of that is through training and, and modelling his game around for me. And, you know, how much he's having to adapt because you know he's had quite a serious injury as well. And how much of that he already had, uh, you know, 
think it's yet to be seen really with him, but I, I, I think he's exciting. He's great on the box. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's um, he's doing everything he can, isn't he? That's all. That's what you got to say. He's doing everything he can to to show people up about needing, you know, another option. Um, you know, he's he's he's, he's done brilliance, and I think. You know, as as Togan says, it's his all-round play, isn't it? That maybe kind of surprises you a little bit. You know, you, you've heard about his goal scoring, you've heard about his pace, but you know the, the other stuff that he's able to do, his strength playing against you know big lads, is is his awareness of what's around him, knowing when to link up and when to go yourself. He he looks real star quality, and and you know it's you know like John says, you don't want to kid yourself too much, but at the same time, like it. You know, you're seeing what everyone's been telling you, so it's like it's not like suddenly this kid's come out of nowhere, and you're like, "Oh, this fella looks smart." Do you know what I mean? It's 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 a build up of the fact that he scored an tricks in, in 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 World Cup, you know, youth tournaments. The fact that you know everyone's been saying this lad, this lad. You know, the fact that they were so desperate to keep him. You know, the the fact that you know so many club, other clubs wanted him. It's not like it's not out of nowhere. This it's just people going, "Yeah, there you go, told you." It is a bit there. You go, told you, Adam. There is a concern though in that. For any young player, you know, you don't want to, you know, overburden them. It looks like Brewster wants to be overburdened, you know what I mean? That's the way everything everything about him sort of suggests, no, 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 bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. But you can sometimes pile it on a little bit too much, maybe even through conversations like this on podcasts like this one. You can end up sort of piling it on a little too much if you're not careful, but it is exciting. He is a genuinely exciting player. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's it's brilliant. As I say, it, it, I I don't remember a player being talked about it in the in the same breath since since Sterling. And when Sterling arrived on the scene, you were like, "Oh, I yeah, I see now why everyone's been been banging on about him." I think I wonder whether I understand what what John is saying about the manager's not going to dampen his own expectations or, or play things down. But I wonder as supporters if we need to because it it might take him a little while to adjust to the physicality of the Premier League to, to dealing with you know grok defenders and America's big for thing. him isn't it I think I think it's gonna he's got, seeing who he like if I'm the manager I almost want to know I want to make sure I'm playing him against the better player you know if the, yes. others, if the opponents are doing the thing where it's half and half I'd almost want to be saying to them beforehand hang on which half's got your best defenders in yeah definitely and and I think that's what what will be most interesting is how he copes with that and it, it, it might be you know it, it might be something like we see him against Norwich because Mane's not back and you know Norwich and look that they've been playing good football and things Norwich, but they're still Championship defenders who know how to do Championship defending. And how he copes with that, maybe we need to go. Oh, he's had a rough game against Norwich there, but the manager's going, yeah, but he's a quick learner. Don't worry about that. He'll be all right. You know, you wait until you see him against Chelsea or whatever. You know, whatever sort of is next on the agenda for him. Um, that'll be the most interesting thing in how he develops as a player. Is how he copes with the, the the vigors and the rigors of actually playing Premier League defenders who will put him on his arse repeatedly, sort of thing. John just said, doing everything he can to make it look like we don't need one more. I think you you're of the view we need one more in attack. I think everyone around the table has at some points offered the view that we need one more in attack. Is there anything that he can do that can change your mind, or are you still broadly speaking going to get to the kickoff against Norwich, thinking if we haven't got one more, we should have got one more? Yeah, no, I'll be the latter for the simple reason that he's so young. It's the same when people talk about the defenders and people keep going. Oh, you know, Hoover looks great. Yeah, but he's 17. If we bring a player in that we use for seven years, he'll still only be 24, which is still quite young for a 
centre back. Like I, I, I just, I don't see, I, I don't see it being as anything other than beneficial to him to be able to say you will get Premier League games, you will get all of the cup games, you'll probably get an occasional Champions League appearance. But if you finish this season with fifteen starts, that's brilliant. You're young, mm. don't worry about it. That's all right. Now, if we've got somebody who, who comes in as a player who is more, uh, you know, experienced and more ready and more able to to rotate with the front three in the massive games. I don't see how that's that's detrimental to Brewster's development personally. Yeah, I just meant another number nine uh, specifically. Really, I think we do need another forward, and I think you know there's there's three positions there, isn't there? And I don't think we have got enough. But I just meant more of a number nine. Yeah, the yeah, idea of going out for a uh, an out and out striker. I think I think that's him for me. I uh, I agree with John. I think I think we I think we need. I think with Zivoch and. Brewster as alternatives to that sense of, and also Salah can do it. And Mane, you know and what I mean. Mane can yeah. do it, but I think, I think Brewster specifically around that centre forward role. I think we need a wide player to fill in, and you've got the options. You have the options of not having to play Salah and and Mane every time in that right, left, whatever it is. Um, I wonder if some of the stuff we talked about earlier about Lalana playing that little six role is designed to be able to get more actual forwards up front you know we're talking about we need three we need options for three it might be four and it might be that you you have someone dropping deeper to fill in the midfield and it's a lot more fluid and the you know the idea that we're going to be stuck to this 4-3-3 thing I think you start the last season is you tell on that is that we're not <laughs> you know I think we're going to try and find a way to, to get through this season the way we did last year with with different different formations that's not going to take loads out of certain players and try and do enough to win games and then go so, 4-3-3 back into the second half of the season I think um, the other thing as well is I remember hearing someone talk about Michael Owen when he was coming through and they, they brought him through and he'd, they'd take him up a level every so often and he'd smash it at every level and it got to the point where you can't hold him back no more and the problem is that they've got to they've got to give him the legs to to prove whether he can smash it at that level or not. And we've talked about Curtis Jones. This this lad's in a moment, and I think that's another problem with young players is if you don't give them that time in that moment, you know, so much of football's around confidence and things like that. He needs that that moment, if you know what I mean. And I think I think the other thing is fun. It's I think it's a funny situation in that you don't often see it when he's nineteen and he hasn't started a, a Premier League game. He's not. He's not like Hoover, 17, mm. whatever, he's 19 because he's had that long period out. It's 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 a little bit strange, to be honest, and that's why there's a load of... That's why we're having this conversation here because if he was a, if he was a 18, banging... If, he's a, if he hadn't got hurt and he'd have carried on just banging goals for 23s, England's under 19s, England's under 21s, whatever, and then played a few last year and scored, you'd be like, yeah, he's flying. He's, he's defo starting, but because there's an unknown, you don't know what you're getting out of him. He, 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 like, literally, physically... You don't know what you're, go- you're going to get because you've had this year where nothing's happened. But that you mentioned before, he might have spent the year watching, watching, learning, listening, watch Firmino's movement, watch Salah's movement, what and, and taking it all in and building his game and building himself up and all that. So I don't think I. It's one of them. You don't know what's going. It's a toss of a coin. He could just go and be fucking brilliant, or he might need time, and you, you're not going to know. And that's what's the added sort of bit of bit of added detail into the the whole thing. Um, last little thing I'm going to come on to talk about the left backs but I'm going to do it in the context of the transfer conversation we're going to go on and have um, in that the manager dropped it in there as well John just dead quickly on, on the, the, the importance of the cause really and also what I said about the club you know the manager 
speaks so well, uh, both for the club and also for the game uh, in general. I thought he was really impressive with the way in which he spoke around it and that it's never cloying. Uh, he never he never gilds the lily with it, really. He's just quite matter-of-fact in, in, the, in the best possible way, which is, you know, he says at the end, you know, this is the best reason to play a game of football. And, you know, I think that that's... I think he's... Often we talk about him being a credit uh, to the club and a credit to himself. But, I th- again, I think he's almost like almost a credit to the game, the way in which he's just able to cut through a lot of that sort of stuff and articulate in 50 seconds why the cause matters. And I thought the same thing about Milner with his post-match comments as well. Yeah, I think both of them are great on it. And Klopp, we, you know, the game is lucky to have him and I think he cuts through so much of the, the bullshit around football and, and gets to why it's great and why it's important and why it actually adds value to, to society and to life and, and to you know and to people. And I think he's, he's great at that and he's really good at it. And we're lucky to have him as a manager for, for a whole host of reasons. But... But that's kind of one of them, really. And he never kind of says too much either. You know what I mean? He's 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 asked about it. He gives a brilliant answer. He, he says, you know, what we're all thinking, but can't quite articulate as well as him, even in another language. And then, and then that sort of it. And I think Milner, you know, obviously been been good all week, getting the songs going on on Twitter and all that. And but it just a lot of it as well just shows that how highly sort of Stephen Darby's thought of as as a person and and kind of you know what he's been through and, and we, we sort of hastily put something together on Saturday um, and just just because we realised we hadn't previewed the game properly really with, with a lot of other things going on and it wasn't hard getting people to talk about Stephen Darby and how bossy is and that's really nice really because you kind of because people like, like leave your club and then you're vaguely aware he's had a good career and he wasn't but I didn't know how much they love him in Bradford do you think he's fucking boss? And I was like, well, that's great. He's played 200 games for them. He's part of the mad cup runs they had. He gets them promoted, you know what I mean? And and they think he's brilliant. And, and also, do you think he's a boss lad? And you're like, well, well, that, well, nice one. Our academy's done that. Our academy's produced this this good human being and this and this good footballer. And, and that's, you know, that's, you know, it's it's it, it's not quite as eye-catching as producing an Owen and Fowler, but it's producing a professional footballer who... You've seen it, and you know these. You know, Milner's sort of obviously similar age to him, and you know, it's, it's got a foundation, and, and I don't know, made the donation on the day as well, which is, which is brilliant. But everyone just, you know, you know, St- Stephen Warnock. I thought when Stephen Warnock was talking about him, I just presumed he was his mate. So you know, oh, they, oh, they must have gone through the academy together. There's seven years difference between them. Like he just, he just, he just knows him and likes him. Do you know what I mean? And everyone does. And I think that came through a lot. On, on Sunday as well, which is really nice. Okay, we're going to move on and talk about the transfers. We're going to talk about the left-backs as well from the game against Bradford. Have a little chat around that. Just want to mention a number of things quite quickly. The first one is the Anfield Rap Tour. Uh, we are in Chicago uh, on the 18th of July at somewhere called The Tunnel. I always love this. You never know what the venues are like until you get there. Other it looks pre- mad, you know, John. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of it, to be fair. Google it, mate. I will. It's a bit of you. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to sell T-shirts. It's pitch black. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Uh, come the tunnel, it's pitch black. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, there is lighting, but it's just not like... Not much. It's, it's not just the one end. Yeah. Uh, there you are. It's strobe. <laughs> it's murky. Uh, it's murky at the tunnel. We will be in Indeed, Murphy as well. I cannot wait. Chicago, we've never been. Uh, it will be an absolute ball. Uh, July the 18th. Uh, not quite sure who's on stage yet. We sort of just muddle that through. It'll uh, definitely be me and you. Definitely be me and you. Uh, yeah. Definitely be Craig. Yeah. Um, and then we'll sort of see who's about. Uh, have a show of hands and see who fancies it. Is almost the way in which we uh, we do this sort of thing. Someone's put me onto a milkshake um, in Chicago. It's got mayonnaise in. Oh, Come on. God, oh, <laughs> Play the game. No, apparently it's incredible. 
Apparently. What flavour? Like mayonnaise flavour or like... No, no, that's like... That's horrible. That's the secret That should be a bowl of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> it's a milkshake, that's okay. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a secret ingredient. Apparently, that's what they put them in to make it taste so good. Like, it's like, a, it's like an Oreo one or something, or cookies and cream or something. Oh, I think it's cookies yeah. and cream. But it's... Uh, it feels very cloying, John. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm Chica- not, I'm not, Chicago's favourite vice. <laughs> okay. Um, that's sitting on my stomach I'm not doing that before we go on stage um, <laughs> 15 minutes is just heavy breathing <laughs> <laughs> everyone told me these Anfield rap live shows were, en- were energetic I was having a stroke over there <laughs> uh, that is Chicago on the 18th of July come and see me have a stroke in the dark um, <laughs> $20 <laughs> <laughs> and then we're at Carragher's uh, really pleased to be at Carragher's on July the 22nd uh, that's the Monday July the 22nd at 8pm uh, all the tickets are through C tickets I managed to find it I've just read it off the website so that's how easy it is uh, you go on to C tickets you click search events you type in the Anfield app you'll be able to find either of them uh, we're also doing stuff around the events that the club are putting on uh, so there's two of them at Boston we'll be at both of them I'm not entirely sure how you get into that I think one of them is just open open air uh, the other one will get an answer for that and I'll uh, say it on a show at some point we're waiting for them to announce it are we? Yeah. Um, good um, <laughs> Good to see. We're winning the organisational battle anyway. Oh, we've had the club off. They're all over the shop. You've been on sale for weeks. Uh, excellent. Uh, so, yeah, come and see us. Uh, we'll have an absolute ball. It'll be a party. If you've got any doubts, ask anybody who was at, well, any of the Anfield Rap live shows, but especially Detroit. I'm very much hoping that at some point I have to turn around to John and say, John, we're going to have to do the party set here. Uh, and then we'll go from there. There'll be quizzes and lot and fun, by the way. Uh, really, really fun stuff. You're not sitting down with a piece of paper with a fella who's going to ask you to sweat to swap your papers around later on uh, other thing as well is to mention um that we there's a new t-shirt uh john do you want to tell us about the new t-shirt yeah we did i don't know if people saw an animation uh that a guy called ruben did in bradford brighton um i've been making a mistake the other way around all day <laughs> we played bradford um yeah down, down uh, one of the brighton cop lads ruben did this brilliant animation of um of Divock Origi's goal, which has been on our Twitter, had loads of shares and stuff like that. Clive tells he did some commentary for us because he liked it so much, and we decided to turn it into a bit of a t-shirt. So, so it's a, it's one of the coolest ones that I've seen. Um, I made up with it in terms of remembering the final. Obviously, there's loads of bus tops around by a variety of people, but this one in terms of capturing that moment of of celebration when Divock slotted is is a. Um, yeah, it is pretty special. It was either that or Jono throwing up in the streets, but we went for it. Uh, <laughs> it's quite the t-shirt. <laughs> but we went for it. Went for the this time. Yeah, I mean, we that's, that's when you sell out of it. Throw that in. We haven't got Ruben to do the animation yet. But, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also, uh, want to give a shout out to uh, some fella whose name I probably should have to hand, but I don't. Uh, got older Craig and basically works for Club Wembley. And he went. I'd like to give you some. T- Tickets to give away for the for the, the charity shield, the community shield. Um, so we went, all right, sounds. We'll give them away to listeners. So if you go to clubwembley.co.uk forward slash the Anfield wrap, um, and it says here that Club Wembley, they run a membership where you can own seats at the stadium. It works in a similar way to the season tickets to the clubs. You'll have seen all this sort of stuff. Tickets to the big events, it includes the community shield, the senior England men's games, and the FA Cup, uh, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, but there's two to be had for the for the community shield if you fancy it. Um, 
John, I want you to know I'm very much playing the long game on this. Uh, me, you, maybe a couple of others, all three playoff finals back to back next May. <laughs> That's why we're talking this up. That's why we're talking this up. No, okay, yeah, get in that travel lodge over there, old. Oh, the the weekend of our lives, all three <laughs> playoff finals back to back. See, it's almost like an endurance sport. It's the, it's, it's the football and equivalent of an Ironman. Um, honestly, can't wait for that. Uh, other thing, there's a lot of there's a lot of admin, but we'll do it all, and then it's all done out the way. Uh, the Anfield wrap shift um, to the premium packages around audio and video, and where you get everything for ten a month please choose that one there's a reason why that one's in there we'd like you to choose that one and we're working on the video all the time and it's really good work that everyone's doing um that will start formally across the board from today today being monday the 15th of july so if you are only on the five pound thing and you're wondering why you can't get access to various other shows that is now the reason why uh, and we need you to do stuff around that there's been loads of emails sent do search your emails search your junk if it's gone in there and that will give you all the details rather than me bang on about it now on this show um, Sadio Mane's made the final um, of the African Cup of Nations good for him um, it means that we could have a winner of that along with the Copa America winners Liverpool players win things at the moment but I want to talk about left backs against Bradford and I want to spend a bit of time on it um, John they both look vulnerable to me um, going backwards uh, different points during the game I wasn't entirely comfortable uh, watching them um, and they're both clearly good footballers that's the thing that's not up for debate but it is interesting that after the match the manager actually opened the idea of maybe dipping into the market in a way he very rarely does yeah, I don't think I don't think the two things are necessarily connected. I don't think he's watched that game. Oh no, and then God, yeah, yeah, yeah no. definitely the left back. I think you know he's just. I think you know he, he was asked sorts of similar questions after Tranmere. He's always obviously asked about transfers because you know it fills columns and and, and gets people clicking. But I think you know he's he, he's been fairly consistent on on the transfers coming in. We're saying if the, if the players available, if we think we can improve us, then then we'll get them. But if not, we'll kind of use what we've got, really. I think he's having a, a good look at these two lads. I don't think it necessarily means that either of them will end up second choice at left-back because there's there's midfield options he always likes to dabble with and then there's obviously there's transfers as well. But I think both of them are doing pretty well. I think, look, Larucci's a converted winger. He's, he's, he's only played one season with football at, at left-back and, you know, that was for our under-18s. And, and so he's, he's learning all the time. He's... He's, he's learning the position and, and occasionally he is going to get caught out so like any like anyone any age would be kind of you know with 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 a, with a shift of position i think adam lewis is is a lot more established at left back uh, i probably think he's ahead at the moment i think he, he he gives the penalty away but i think you know he's if your concentration's going to go in a game it might as well be feeling up in a friendly when the game's kind of petered out and I think the, the, the fella takes him with a very surprise and it's not ideal but I, I wouldn't look anything massive into it I think I think I was watching the tennis at that point so I can't talk do you know what I mean and so like you know it was it was it was one of them where the, the game game had dwindled out no one was really doing anything and his concentration goes a bit and he, and he gets done and it probably won't happen again uh, Adam it's 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 difficult, I think, for the club to, to to find a way through the left back question in that there is it's undoubted that it's Robertson's position. And it's undoubted that they're gonna, you know, I think they will make they will wanna maybe rotate a tiny little bit more this season because you don't want to pound someone into the ground. But it's easy for a manager to sit down and say that in July when you live in the reality trying to get a hundred points and it's suddenly October and Andy Robertson's looking at you like, No, I'm absolutely fine, Gaffer, it's a different kettle of fish. And I do think there is a I, you know, I, we all want the chat around two players for every position, but maybe there's got to be a little bit of realism here that it is going to be tricky for Liverpool to do that because suddenly you've got a lad who's kicking his heels like Moreno was last season. I also think we've got to remember how much 
of a of a problem position left backs been for Liverpool over the years. You know, it's everyone now that we've got. Uh, Andy Robertson, everyone's sort of acting as if you know there's loads of you know boss left backs knocking about, and we should just sign one of them. But we've we've struggled, you know. Probably Aurelio was one of the best ones, wasn't he? And and he was constantly injured all the time. He's basically made of crisps, so he was a bit of a waste of space. So it, it it's not it isn't easy. I think it's more likely that we'll we'll sign somebody who can play both fullback positions, and therefore will mostly cover right back and occasionally have to do left back if if. Robertson needs a break or or picks up an injury or whatever, um, but yeah, my middle name's Lewis, so I won't hear a bad word said about Adam Lewis. Uh, <laughs> and if we could sign Adam Smith from Bournemouth, then that'd be yeah, that'll, be, that'll just box me off really. Um, be, yeah, that's fine. So I'll just move him up. I'm a little bit annoyed the other one's father's name isn't pronounced Larakai like Malakai because just a, that just sounds a bit cooler. Um, Larocci or whatever it is sounds like a magician, so I'm not keen on him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> excellent stuff. He's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> excellent stuff. Uh, Paul, it's Matt Target, who I had a bit of an eye on. Uh, in my capacity as left wing, as left back, a uh, purchaser for Liverpool Football Club, uh, went to uh, Aston Villa from Southampton. Uh, he's been Southampton's second choice. That we got a fair few games last season. Second choice left on side play. Went for fifteen or sixteen million quid. Um, it tells the story really of you know whether or not if you are Liverpool, whether or not you want to put money on someone to be number two to Andy Robertson because to get Matt Target who as I say may well have been behind Ryan Bertrand in Southampton's pecking order you were paying 16 million quid yeah I mean before the show I had a look around trying to figure out what left backs were out there I, I, it's mad isn't it I, could, any. I couldn't put a name on anyone who I'd go oh yeah I'd have him I, I sort of look at the left back position as there's, there's options within the squad and the nature of certain players wanting to give certain players a game mean that you could potentially use it as a way of keeping lads fresh and keeping la- keeping th- keep keeping lads involved. Throw the liner in there, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but you've got Milner who you want to. Make, he's going to want to use Milner, and and that might be an option there. Would, Klein, you, would Klein. you make a later Fab Delph move, Hogan? Have you got that in you? Just to piss them off, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not not in general. He's always injured as well, isn't he? Yeah, he seems to be injured. That, a lot. that, that is the Fab Delph uh, question. But. No, you're, so you're looking at you don't want to block the path for the two lads who, who are there who he seems to think may have an opportunity you you want to give lads an opportunity your midfield lads who can possibly play in there Klein hasn't actually gone yet by the way he's probably the best option out there in terms of being able to play in both positions um, so you've got Klein as well there and then also maybe you're looking at Gomez as an option in them positions as well so I personally think you might by bringing someone in you might block some of these lads if he thinks they're good enough it's not easy. No, lads, it's hard. I, I think the problem you've got is Robertson's one boss, isn't he? He's, but it's not just... you like struggle. boss, but he's also so important and so integral to what we do. You struggle to find a better left-back defensively than Andy Robertson, but you wouldn't find a better attacking left-back than Andy Robertson. So what you buy? You can't buy a fella who's just Andy Robertson light because there isn't one, because otherwise we'd have fucking bought him already. Do you know what I mean? Moreno, actually going forward is okay. It's quite good. But he, he suffers from these lapses of concentration to the point where you don't want him anywhere near your penalty box ever. So it's a bit of a worry for a left back. Um, I, I I don't know what you do. I I think it. I think the rotation of Robertson probably starts. I think he probably rotates early in the season. This block where we're trying to find ways to to play games. Um, and I think we spoke about the last. We 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 come up with four two three one to limit how much the fullbacks had to run for a bit I think last year and I think this year they might do something similar but I also think if you're paying Joe Gomez left back 
you're not you're not getting much end product from your left from uh, an attacking sense. So then maybe you play your additional midfielder, and maybe you play someone as a out and out left winger who's effectively playing yeah. covering left back. You you sort of skew your shape a bit to move Gomez across, and you know there's loads of different things I think we can do, and I think what we lens up is finding a workaround. I don't think you can go and buy a left back off the shelf because it's just unless you're prepared to move. You know, as you someone said, you're going to delay the the progress of the two lads who were who were you know playing at the mini and by someone so, else. Who is this someone else? Do you know what I mean? It's it, it pulls back on you. You've been saying a lot, John. You've been saying it for for two seasons, I think. Which is that there is in our heads, you can fall into the idea that you need twenty world class players that work. I can imagine there's some people listening to what Ben Ben's just said and saying. A club that's just got 97 points and won the Champions League shouldn't be thinking about workarounds. And yet, I think City spent last season with a workaround. That you, it's difficult to actually have 20 absolute stellar footballers that you do need lads who are diligent, switched on tactically, etc., etc., to come and do a job for you sometimes in unlikely places. Yeah, they did, because they, it wasn't just a left-back either. It was, as, as Johnny said before, it was a defensive midfield. And they've, they've basically got a lot of really good City. I've got a lot of really good in... in players in, in one space that they can't all play and their thing is to get them games is oh but we can play them there so it's all right so that's their that's their way of keeping you know Godongan happy or, or whoever you want to say and it was Zinchenko or, last season yeah, Zinchenko and Delft play left back yeah, for most of the season that's the way, way of you know you know you, you, and you're thinking well how can I get Maris in more where you can shift him to here and blah 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 so if, if that's your solution to that problem you can't then say oh yeah but we've got two belters in each position and it, it doesn't really kind of work like that so it is finding a way of rather than two world-class players in every position, which is completely unrealistic. It's, well, well, can we get to 18 and can a few of them do a few different things? And I think that's what, what both managers have tried to do with, with a lot of success, it must be said. Um, indeed, with a lot of success, it's always been the way in which it works. Uh, quickly, because I'm going to go into it, well, Paul Sini's going to go into it on the gutter. Um, Coutinho's agent makes certain noises, Adam Smith, they are the noises of Liverpool are all right, aren't they? Um, it's... It's a bit of a strange one. I can't. There's there's a finite number of clubs. It looks as though Philip Coutinho could go to, and I think that's almost got to be a starting point. And probably if you are Philip Coutinho's agent and you're worried about what's happening at Barcelona and your client saying I'm not quite sure about my games and I'm not quite sure if I'm having a nice time. He's lost his number as well, hasn't he? Um, as he, I thought that Griezmann's took seventeen, not seven. Oh, has he? Yeah, I think he's took seventeen for now. Um, as you were, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> stands out. Um, there is there is something, Adam, uh, in. There's actually only a finite number of clubs, and just maybe, maybe they're beginning to think, "Well, we could go and do that again." Yeah, um, I, I think he's. There's no question whatsoever about Coutinho's ability. I think it's his suitability that's the that's the criteria of whether or not he's the right sort of fit for for the for the team we are now. And I, I don't know if I know where he fits into that. And, you know, I, I don't care at all the nonsense of, you know, he's a rat and all that sort of stuff. I don't care about that. But but I did think his, his agent's comments were quite funny. He was like, oh, he loves Liverpool, you know. I know he, I know he down tools and faked injury and stuff like that, but God, I mean, he loves the place. Like, you can't you can't have it both ways, mate. Yeah, I don't always in the house or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I, I just, it, it's all a little bit, uh, like, I'm not bothered about that, 
But at the same time, I think Klopp is the sort of person who is he is bothered about that because he, I think he felt really let down by the way Coutinho behaved um, last last summer and then heading into Jan, you know, whatever two summers ago, whatever it was, uh, and heading into January and stuff and and sort of diddling him on the Champions League games and all those sorts of things and. And so I'd be very surprised if if we were looking at it. But if we are fine, you know, I, I, you know, brilliant. I mean, he's he's a very very good player. So if Klopp thinks he can find a way to to use him in in the team that he's currently created in the in the form that it is, then great. But I, I don't think he will. Paul, it's one where you're looking at it going, well, it's if it's Coutinho or no one, then it's a separate conversation. If it's Coutinho or player X who's of a similar value, well, then it might be a little bit different. You can even have a conversation Coutinho or Dembele. Uh, given the fact that both of them might find it difficult if Neymar goes back to Barcelona to get games um, on a regular basis, there it is. It's difficult to sort of have. I'm, I'm, I'm as ever always impressed with the number of people who have remarkably strident views about certain things. But I find this one difficult to have that strident view about. My only real concern though is I think we've attacked better since he's left, and I think there's greater, greater. I think greater clarity as to who your most important attacking threat is, and it not being a centre midfielder slash an attacking midfielder, but it being a forward has helped Liverpool massively. Definitely, and I think I think the interesting thing with me for Coutinho is is what what Klopp thinks he is as a player because. You know, there's been a lot of talk over the years about him dropping back into midfield. I mean, that that's literally why he went to Barcelona. He wanted to be the next Iniesta, whatever else. I'm still not convinced that's where he plays. I, I, if I was bringing him back, I'd be looking at him as a front three option who can do bits playing deeper, depending on what you're doing. In the sense of like the way we use, like they're talking about you using Lallana and stuff like that. Um, so I think it very much depends on what Klopp sees him as and 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 what what he wants because. I'm still not sure what Klopp wants out of this summer. You know, he's talked about the left back. He hasn't really talked about the attacking options and, and what he wants to do there, really. So, yeah, I don't know. Is the honest answer. I think it's really difficult. I'd be surprised if it happens uh, on the basis that it'd have to be an unbelievable deal for us. And I think the, I think that the easy thing to link is, oh, well, Barcelona still owe them 80 million of the transfer fee, so it's obvious, uh, you know, X plus Y equals whatever, but I, I don't see it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stack up as a as a as a natural fit for the way Klopp works. I think he's very much a fella who looks forward, and this feels like someone. It feels a little bit like a good option for Coutinho, but not so much for us. So then it, it has to out. Then you're getting him back for fuck all. Then yeah, you still give us eighty million, and we'll pay his wages, and that's never going to happen, is it? I'm a lot more positive than everyone in the room on in terms of him and the possibility. I think you know you see what what's going on with 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 fees at the moment and and you know Harry Maguire going for eighty, Lewis Dunk forty five. I mean that's that's the kind of talk, isn't it? That's what people are the saying. The Lewis Dunk forty five thing hit me hard. I'm yeah, not going to lie to you. It's wild, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You do start to wonder about what you're worth. Yeah, I reckon I'm reckon I'm at least. I reckon I reckon John was one point seven million. <laughs> I did the maths. I'm fancy with the medical though. She, 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 yeah, <laughs> he's shit at algebra. But he's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just had to say another letter, didn't he? Yeah, fucking battled him yeah, just in case he was wrong. I was struggling for ages. Like, fucking hell, think of a letter. Just in case it wasn't, mate. Letters can be whatever you want, mate. Uh, that's, that's the beauty. Um, where were we? Coutinho, yeah, and I'm more positive about it all round, really. I think I think he's still a brilliant player. I think, you know, there's, there are ways that he could fit into this team, and I think he'd come back with maybe. Uh, 
a bit more humility. I was going to say, but that's not that's not really what I mean. What I mean is, I don't think I, I think we've won something really big without him now. So this idea that oh, it's not going well. Let's look for Coutinho. I don't think they do, and I think he'd become more of a another really good player we've got rather than like the man, which he he was like the man by the end. What he I'll get it to fill and 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 see what he can make happen and. And I don't think that was necessarily the, the right way to go at that time, as as has been proved since by the fact that you know the success we've had. And so I think he, he'd come back and be more of a just an outstanding option for us. I think you know he's realised that the grass isn't always greener a little bit, and and I think Jürgen has took players back. He did do it at Dortmund for for a couple of them, um, not exactly the same situations, but then but then went when our two situations exactly the same. And I think. I think it's gonna might get to the point with these with these transfers going the way they are that actually eighty million quid for Coutinho feels like value and oh I don't think we get him for that I think you know it, it might be a case of a little bit more but a hundred million for Coutinho you know when you when you, you when you're talking about you know not just the Maguire and and, and Dunks but the you know the, the what we get if we start getting quoted you know you know fifty million for Nicolas Pepe and they're not sure about him and then you start to go. Would you know what this Coutinho? We know exactly what he's like, and yeah, he played silly buggers with his back for a bit, but but all, but all, but actually, we know what he's like when he's here. We know he gets on with the lads. We know, you know, we'll get Albi back for him if he wants, and 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 stuff like that. And and I think, I think it might start to make more and more sense for everyone the longer this window goes. Uh, the longer the window goes is an interesting part. Last little one, uh, Danny Olmo. Um, John is uh, <laughs> the Olmo question. Uh, plays currently for Dino- Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, links have been increasing around this. Plays a winger or an attacking midfielder. Uh, being really important for the Spanish side. Says he doesn't want to go back to Spain. Though, well, the under-21 side, sorry. Says he doesn't want to go back to Spain. He's getting linked with Liverpool. Does appear to fit the profile of positions, maybe. Certainly what was said before about the idea we might feel we've got number nine boxed. Yeah, you, you worry a bit about the league, don't you, in terms of, I remember it was Eduardo went to Arsenal who scored a ton in, in, in that league and then, and then sort of came over and, and they, they sort of quite happy for I think he got horrendous injury to be fair, but I, I don't know, It's it's it just seems a bit of a strange one to me, but it, but it's, sometimes things are so left field that you think, well, there, might, there must be kind of something in it, maybe they feel there's a bit of value there going, going to there, as you know, as what I was talking about before. I mean, I, the first time I did it was when I got this agenda through and then I Googled a few few things but most of them you've just read out um, <laughs> <laughs> stitched you there didn't I <laughs> I watched the video of his highlights it was 10 minutes long oh, uh, nice. you don't get very 10 minute highlight no, video no. things are found from it he, bought, he beat about 10 men in his first the first thing that used to first clip and then the second part was how crap the Croatian league must be because well, it, yeah, yeah. it was it was it was poor it's a bit of a weird move as well isn't it I think he came through Barcelona's you'd see and he's gone to Zagreb strange Wants to get games, I think. Adam, any any Danny Olmo thoughts? The, no, he's a valid answer. I've seen, no, I've seen one video of him that <laughs> it was the most anticlimactic thing you've ever seen. It was a, a goal for the Spain on the, the Spanish under twenty one side, and there was loads of passing it round, passing it round. I was like, this is going to be a brilliant goal. This passing it round, <laughs> he like there was one fella taking about four people on. I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then basically, it was just somebody had a shot, the keeper saved it, and he knocked in the parry. And I was like, frigging hell! I thought he was going to belt one from like the edge of the box. He's just, I mean, it's a, obviously a good poacher's goal, but I was still a bit, I was a bit, bit disappointed in that to be honest. So uh, on that basis, no, I'm out. <laughs> You're out, uh, Danny Olmo. 
It's on all lads. I've never heard of them. <laughs> all right. Ever. Did well for the uh, did well for the uh, in the in the under twenty ones uh, supposedly. Uh, worth remembering. Yeah, uh, watching Firpo every weekend. That's been taking up my time watching him. I've been just so focused <laughs> on Firpo. So far, it's like player camp. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure uh, in association with the Reds Bet uh, part of Hands Bet it's been a pleasure with John Gibbons Adam Smith uh, Ben Johnson and Paul Hogan uh, come and see us if you're in Chicago come and see us if you're in New York we'll be knocking around Boston we're everywhere really if we're quite honest about it uh, but have a lovely time Sports Social Podcast Network